Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How is working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload, and relationships, to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform, or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try All right, we are uh, happy to be joined today by former Blackhawk Center and Duck Center Dennis Rasmussen. Dennis, thanks for uh, taking some time with us today. No problem. Fun to be here. You were always one of my favorite guys to talk to. You know, you had a, a worldly view and you never looked like you felt burdened talking to us. So I appreciate that, not making us feel like assholes whenever we needed to talk to you. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a great guy. So easy, <laughs> easy, to talk, easy to talk to. So can't complain about that. So uh, where are you right now? Where are you spending your quarantine? Uh, right now, I'm in. I just bought an apartment in Stockholm, uh, Sweden. So it's uh, one hour from my my home city. Uh, so it's uh, been a lot of things now with a new apartment. So I've just been dealing with that the, the last month there. So you spent the last two months in the K or t- last two years in the KHL and uh, being very productive. But you're a free agent right now. What's it like to be a free agent right now with so many things up in the air? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lot of things going on, so it's it's hard to know what what uh, what's going to happen. Um, my goal is, I I said from the beginning, like I want to pl- I want to try to play two two years in the KHL, and I I'll, I want to try to get back to the to the NHL and, and North America. But 
uh, now with everything that's, that's going on, you never know when the season's going to start again, if it's going to start. So uh, it's hard for me to know what's going to happen. But but that's that's my goal right now. We'll see what happens. Go, going back to when you left the Blackhawks, I think some of us are surprised that uh, that, that they didn't re-sign you. What 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 actually happened? Like, were there any conversations, or were you taking it all back at all about you not coming back? Um, well, it sounded from from my agent at least that that uh, they're gonna give me an offer before before that deadline there. Um, so I was I was hoping to get it, and and I was hoping to stay uh, in Chicago, but uh, I didn't get an offer. So. Um, that that was what happened and I, I don't know why but but i guess they they wanted other players and and you just have to respect that and then i i signed in in anaheim and and was happy to get an opportunity there but but my first thing uh from the beginning was that i wanted to stay in chicago but uh, it's hard to say why uh, it's, it's not it's not up to me to decide so yeah so t- t- how did you how do you wind up in is it, is it magnetogorsk magnetorsk how do you pronounce that yeah, that was good. The, the first one was good. Uh, Magnitogorsk. Mine, <laughs> mine, okay. How, how did you wind up there? Uh, I know you went back to Sweden to play for a little bit. Uh, how, how did you end up out there? Um, well, I just uh, got offers from this, uh, different uh, Russian teams and, and didn't really know much about Magnitogorsk, actually, to be honest. Uh, but uh, uh, my agent said it was a, was a good team uh, uh, and, and like they've been successful the last couple of years. So... Uh, sounded like I could get like a good productive role there too. So um, it was a good fit for me. I think I had two pretty good years. Uh, obviously, obviously, the last year here was was pretty tough for for the team. We had higher expectations, but um, it was two fun years. Um, being a little bit more offensive and and getting back to kind of the player I was uh, before I left to North America. I always hear all these horror stories about the travel in the KHL. Is it do people make more out of it than it really is, or is it really just that crazy? Um, well, it's yeah. Sometimes it's tough, you know, with with the time change and everything. When we travel, uh, when we travel east, it's like uh, it's it's big time change. So uh, you kind of live like with your own time, and you you kind of you kind of sleep uh, sleep during the day and and you're up up at night because you don't want to change the time zone back and forth so it's um but you only go there one one time every year so it hasn't been been that bad and and um pro- like i i'm not i'm not a, i don't have a problem to sleep so it's it's pretty easy for me so it's been good life off the ice you know you hear stories about the khl and you certainly kind of experience all of it from the blackhawks and the ritzes and in the american league and even sweden how different is it off the ice uh i guess the luxuries compared from you know league to league yeah well it's it's a little bit different uh of course you, you i feel like we we had pretty good uh setup in in minus Gorsk. we always tried to to stay in in the best hotels in in every city uh but uh, it's the, the best hotels in, in every city. It's, it's pretty different. So, um, you know, it's some, some hotels are, are better than others. Uh, I can say that. But, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not the guy who's, like, complaining a lot. So it doesn't really matter if I go and stay in a good hotel or a bad hotel. You know, it's only usually one night. So, uh, but, yeah, it's better and worse. I can say that. You guys fly private from with there? Yeah, yeah, we always flew private. I think it's different with with different teams, but we always did. So um, we we had a really good setup, and and our travel wasn't that bad because we 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 had two 
two hours when we flew west to Moscow when we played all these teams and and we, we were pretty like pretty much in the middle of the country kind of like we were in, in Chicago uh, I would say so uh, it was pretty good now uh, go let's go back to you know your path to the NHL and, I, and don't take this the wrong way but I've always appreciated guys like you maybe more so than these megastars that come in and just walk right into the NHL and you, know, you were an undrafted guy it took you a long time to get to the NHL you were in the minors for a year and a half I always got the sense that players that took the long way kind of appreciated it more, a little more down to earth, uh, a little more uh, aware of how reality actually works. Did, do you find yourself, did you appreciate your time in, in the NHL? Did you feel like you, maybe it meant more to you than to some other guys? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's always been my big, biggest dream to play NHL. It's, it's always been like that. And, and kind of my, my friends are kind of making fun of me because I'm still like, you know, like a kid that always wants to play NHL and, and you know, my my I came from a good good like good season in the Swedish league, and I really hoped to, to play my first year in Chicago, but I ended up playing in Rockford, and that was that was a pretty tough year for me uh, mentally. And I was thinking after that first year if I should come back or or go back to Sweden, or because uh, it was such a tough year. But decided to come back just to to like try to reach my dream, you know, and. And uh, after that, when I go, it was it was the best. Like it was the best time I've ever had uh, being in Chicago, playing in Chicago. It was, I, it was great. I remember when you got called up the first time, you were like an extra body. Like I think Daniel Carcillo got suspended or something, and it was they were out on the circus trip out west, and you just kind of showed up for a road trip. You there was no intention of playing you at that moment. What was that like to be just this guy hanging around for like one practice over the course of a week? What was that experience like? Well, it was, it was, uh, I would say it's, it was both, you know, I, I really hoped to, to play uh, when I was with the team there and everything happened so fast. And I called my, my dad and my brother and they flew over and they saw two, two games, the first game in, I think it was Anaheim and the second in LA or the other way around. And, yeah. and uh, they saw those two games and I didn't play and then flew to San Jose and it was fun to be there. But at the same time, you, you know, you, you really wanted to play that, that first game, you know, cause that, um, so it was it was both I would say, but nice to to be up there the first time and nice to hang out with with all the guys. I remember it was the rookie rookie dinner uh, too, so that was <laughs> that 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 was that was pretty fun uh, to to like sit next to all the all the great players that you look look up to before. Did you have to pay? I mean, you weren't even you had just gotten to your NHL salary at that point. <laughs> um, no, uh, well, I, I paid a year after. Uh, okay. Actually, actually, Taves uh, paid for me. Uh, I, I told him I, I had money I could pay. I, I played played in the Swedish league and earned money before. I told him I, I, can, I can pay, but but he 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 actually paid my part. And then he told me you can pay back later if you play NHL, like if you play games. And I remember after my yeah my my half year there when I played NHL, I, I gave him a check and I paid paid back. And he was he didn't even know what what I gave him the check check for. So. Um, but he was he was happy that I was honest and uh, and I wanted to give back the money. Yeah, ten point five million. You don't worry about a dinner here or there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I think he appreciated that I was that I was honest and I, I really wanted the one thing you you should do, you know. So I kind of wanted to pay too. What coming into that team? How did you kind of? It, it seemed like you became a Quinville guy where you you impressed them and earned some ice time and. What what was that like coming in and and knowing that you have to earn his respect and then uh, I, I guess over time I mean that that whole season before they didn't resign you I mean you played a lot of games on a winning team 
what uh, what what memories do you have of him and what impact maybe he have on you? Well, I, I really like to play for him. As you said, I, I came in when we had a really good stretch where I think Kaner had his point streak and we won a lot of games in a row and everything. And it was it was just so fun to come into a winning team and, and to play for Quenville. That was that was unbelievable. He's still the best coach I've, I've had. And he, he made you feel valuable, even if you played third line, fourth line. You know, I felt like I, I played in like in like big moments defensively right away and and, and uh, felt really good. And I. I, I don't know. I, I just liked the way he coached every game. He was he was always on and, and he always made guys play 100 percent. And, and uh, yeah, really good coach. And, and I was really happy to, to be there when when he was there and, and to play for that team. Did you, did you ever get him off at all? No. Just going to ask that. <laughs> so, sorry. Sorry. Do, do you remember pissing him off at all? Yeah, I remember a couple of times, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, of course. But I mean, sometimes I feel like. Uh, I, I, like guys are asking me like if we, he was yelling a lot, like, yeah, he was yelling a lot, but he was yelling a lot of good things. Uh, and, and he, he, he gave you confidence too, because he was, he was yelling a lot of good things to you. And, and of course, if you didn't do the right thing, he, he, he will let you know, but, but that's, I think that's what the coach should do. So really good coach. You were playing, you know, 10, 12, 14 minutes a night. And then at the end of the season, the Blackhawks got healthy um, I think that's the year they traded for Andrew Ladd, and all of a sudden there wasn't a spot in the lineup for you. How difficult was that, that March and April? And and I think you were a scratch the whole playoff series, weren't you? Uh, no, I, I was scratched uh, the first game, and then I played the, the last three. Uh, okay. So, so yeah, yeah, but of course it was tough. You know, you, you wanted to play, but at the same time, I really wanted to win too. And when, you know, when you see they're or we're bringing in, like, good, good guys, uh, you know that everyone's going to be valuable in the playoffs, and I was just waiting for my, for my chance. And I remember the the last game before the playoffs. I think they they rested Anisimov, and I played with Panarin and Kane the third <laughs> in Columbus. That was that was, uh, that was fun. That's something I will remember uh, sure. Um, and then I played three games in the playoffs, and, and personally, I felt pretty good in the playoffs. So I was really hoping to to kind of stick around, but didn't didn't end up that way. Yeah, I asked uh, Christopher Stieg this when he was talking about being a healthy scratch from time to time. And you know, it, w- what is that like? I mean, at the, at, bo- at the end of both of your seasons, it happened late in the year where you started all of a sudden were in and out of the lineup after being a regular. How do you balance the, especially when you're playing for Joel Quenville, who will only change the lineup after a loss. How do you balance that individual desire that you need the team to lose to get back into the lineup? But of course, you don't want your team to lose, even if you're not in the lineup. How do you reconcile that? Yeah, I mean it's it's a hard situation. I, um, I the thing w- that was so good in Chicago though was that if if you're not playing, you're you're skating really hard with with my kitchen, uh, and uh, so th- that was really good. I felt like you know because you skated so hard in in practice and the morning skates, so you you felt like you were always ready, and and that was kind of my mindset mindset all the time in NHL. I never felt like I I had like a regular safe spot. I felt like I had to earn earn my my playing time all the time and and that's what I also thought was so good with Quenville I I never disagreed with him like if I if I didn't if I didn't play a lot I felt like oh no I was I wasn't that good today but but when I played a lot I felt like I was good so I I was like never I never went home and was thinking like like the coach made the wrong decision I always felt like he did right he was had such a good feeling of when you were when you were on and when you were off kind of what went into the decision to leave the NHL? 
Um, well, I, I felt like I, I didn't really have had a had a chance in Anaheim. First of all, uh, I have to, to go to myself. I felt like I, I didn't play as good as I did in, in Chicago and I, as good as I could. And, and uh, uh, I also felt like there wasn't really a spot for me there. Uh, I don't know if the coach didn't like me or not, but, but you know, like I, I tried to do everything I could. And, and uh, I heard it, uh, that they were going to send me down. And I just um, kind of waited for that because I, I heard it uh, so early that they were going to send me down. Um, and then when I got sent down, I, I tried to do everything I could to get back or, or you know, get traded because Anaheim wasn't wasn't the, the place for me. Um, so uh, when I didn't get, get traded, I, I got a chance to go back to, to Europe and, and uh, have a chance to win the championship in Sweden. And, and uh, I missed that uh, when they won the, the, the last time when I was in, in Rockford, uh, then my old team won. So I didn't want to miss that chance. And also I knew kind of knew that I was not going to get a new contract in the NHL unless I played the last part of the season. And, and uh, I kind of wanted to get back to the player I was before. I felt like I lost my, my edge a little bit and, and my creative game. So um, I still feel like it was the right decision. Um, I still feel like I'm, I'm a better player now than when, when I left. Was there any fear that this was kind of you're giving up your NHL chance or were you always optimistic that it could come back? Well, of course, I, I knew that 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 could be a possibility that 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 this that that was my last chance uh, at the same time i felt like if if i'm still gonna play in that role that i did with like i at that point i had no no confidence so um i felt like the the, the thing for me was to that i wanted to do was to get back and, and be the player i was before and if i get a chance in nhl then then i feel like i could be more ready with my creative game kind of were you so, black, yeah. Were you a black ace on that 2015 team? Were you around for that? No, I was not. I was I was home, Sweden. Yeah. So when you came in in that 20, like, you know, when you talk to Taves and Kane now, uh, they're always talking about how those kind of lo- those kind of years in the middle there, 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18, that the team was it didn't have a real cohesiveness to it. That it was kind of clicky. Like guys hung out with just a certain amount of guys, and and the, and the, the locker room was a little segmented. Did you get that vibe from that team? Like it wasn't like it wasn't like angry and people hated each other. It's just nobody hung out. Is is kind of how they describe it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like off the ice. I, I felt like I still like on the road. I felt like we we had our our groups. You know, like that went out for dinner, and that's mm-hmm. that's you know with with every team. I felt like we had really good chemistry and really good good team. You know, um, um, but it's easier for them, I think, to kind of like kind of see with with other years and, and kind of right. see differences uh, uh for me i felt like it was really good chemistry especially the the first year when i came down came up there and panarin was there and 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 Ismail and all these guys yeah panarin was there the, the two years so that that 2016 year the uh the blues series where you know guys lost in game seven by one goal did, did that team feel like it had a chance to repeat as champions i mean we never think talk about that year but you know if they had won that series who knows what happens beyond that? Did that team have a championship vibe to you? Yeah, I felt that way, but you know, I I haven't been around the championship team a whole <laughs> full year, so it's it's hard for me to say uh, in NHL. But but yeah, I felt like we could have that year. That was I think that was the year we set the record right for straight straight games in regular season or something for winning games or um, yeah, well, that was, yeah, that was yeah. Kane's MVP year, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I felt like we had 
we had a really good team and and you know if we won that game so what would have happened but yeah with with Panarin what would did you get to know him a little bit uh I, I know to us we never really got a chance to talk to him much through the media but did you get a chance to know him in the, in the locker room a little bit yeah well when I when I got called up we were actually the roommates uh, no. uh the whole year there um so yeah uh, I kind of felt like I, I could talk to him more than he could talk to to media and, and other other guys he I thought he was better in the English than than told everyone else but I think he was a little bit shy and and things like that but we communicated a little bit you know through Google Translate and things like that so uh he's a he's a funny guy great guy uh really good guy to be around are you in touch with still any of the guys I mean are, are you still tight with anybody that's that's still back in Chicago yeah I'm actually or not not in Chicago right now I was there I was in Chicago a year ago uh, to kind of see see a game there um, and saw a couple of the guys there uh, for sling and I saw saw a couple of guys after Taves and Keith and all the other guys in, in the family room there um, but you know like uh, in playing in Chicago right now I don't think I'm like maybe like a text to Crawford or something but um, I'm seeing Yelmerson here in Sweden sometimes and I'm working out with Kruger every day so yeah. uh, those guys and Forsling I'm seeing sometimes. So it's mostly the Swedes that I, that I have contact with. Um, Taves also sent me like a message asking how everything was, but not like an everyday contact, no. Kind of want to get back to, the, like you mentioned, Taves. It's, it doesn't surprise me that he's the guy still reaching out and that he's the one who picked up your tab at the rookie dinner. It seems like he, he and Seabrook in particular are the guys that try to make the young guys, the rookies, feel at home very quickly. Like, give me some stories about what they were able to do to kind of ease you into the NHL. Yeah, well, I can. I agree. Uh, both uh, Taves and Seabrook, they're they're really guys like that. And I I felt like like Kane too. I was sitting next to next to Kane um, my my last year there, and it was he always asked like after every game, you know, how you felt, and you know, like he he really wanted to help. And uh, same with all the guys there, Keith too, and and all the older guys, Crawford, you know, all, all the guy the core, you know, like they mm-hmm. they're such a good guys, and I feel like how they behave is like, it's like giving other players like confidence and, and make them feel well, well, make everyone play better. Um, so yeah, they're always inviting everyone to dinners and, and yeah, great guys. Are, are you guys able to get on the ice there now? What, how open is it in Sweden? Yeah, well, yeah, we can, we can skate on the ice and practice a little bit. I've been on the ice a couple of times, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the NHL guys are are like, yeah, they're on on the ice as as much as they can. Uh, there's still like rinks open. Um, I don't know if you can if you can like I think the rinks are actually but they open up for for some players if they want to skate. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, yeah. So what's the, some what's the vibe from? Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> no, I was gonna say some of that's gonna kind of almost create a creative imbalance where you have guys skating in parts of the country and others unable to like what I, I guess from an outsider's perspective even now with the NHL like what what seems realistic to you about them coming back or how much time they'll need to even be on the ice before they can play yeah I don't know it's it's hard for me to say I, I don't know how, how what what the guys are thinking I'm I'm hanging out a lot with Michael Backlund so I'm trying to get like info from him what what, the, what they're thinking and and they still have no idea I think so um I don't know. It, it's hard to say. It's like I can agree that that some guys think it's unfair that 
that the Swedish guy can be guys can be on the ice and not the North American guys. It's it's kind of hard. So um, it's hard to to set a rule like that. But it's it's hard. Uh, yeah, it's tough for me to say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is what is your path back to the NHL? How do you? I mean, you're 29 years old. You are you still have some prime years left here. You were very productive in the KHL. You kind of do you send out feelers? Is your agent kind of letting teams know you want to come back? Uh, do you just do, are they just paying attention to the KHL, see what you're doing and reach out to you? What's the way back for you? Uh, yeah, I think my agent is like letting teams know that I want to come back. I think that's that's pretty much all he can do. You know, uh, I, 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 I still want a team to really want me too. So it's not like I want to, I want my agent to really, really call them and say like, say that like just let them know that i want to come back and and if it happens it happens um that's that's still going to be my goal no matter what um if if i play another year khl or not i still want to play nhl one more time because i feel like i can i can do it better than i than i did because i can bring like a more a little bit more of a creative game i feel like i kind of got more into just the defensive role guy and i want to bring a little bit of both how do negotiations work when you're an RFA? Like, did, were you were you guys talking with Stan for a while, or, or or were you still waiting for a qualifying offer? Like, how how exactly does that play out? Um, yeah, we just had our our exit meetings in Chicago. Uh, other than that, I think it was just my agent to talk to him, and and we didn't know until until the last uh, yeah until the deadline there that I was not gonna get a new offer. Um, we didn't know much much more than that until until the deadline so i don't actually know what what my agent and and the t and chicago talked about but or, or how much they talked I, I have no idea i just kind of waited to the deadline and and yeah is that stressful or frustrating or yeah well of course if, if you don't know what's going to happen you you you, you kind of get a little bit stressed but at the same time it's it's not much you can do like the season is over and you can just wait and kind of see what happens and and uh, uh, it's the same with that. Like if a team really wants me, like I want to play there. And, and when Chicago didn't want me, I just saw it as, as another opportunity to play somewhere else. Um, so of course I wanted to climb. I just, I just, I also saw it as an opportunity to, to play somewhere else, you know, and get, get off to a fresh It's got to be stressful just all the time. Like you talked about, you know, you never felt like you had a safe spot in the lineup. You always were at risk of being a scratcher, having your minutes cut. You always had to be on your game. And then every, every summer you got to worry about a contract, you know, uh, how, for, for guys like you that are in that fourth line role, like kind of that fringe roster spot, how do you handle that day-to-day stress of that constant, like with Patrick Kane is a bad day, he's in the lineup tomorrow. If you have a bad day, you're not, I mean, it's constant, that pressure on you how do you not be how are you not looking over your shoulder all the time well i it doesn't really matter for me like it, when i play in sweden and i if i played first line or khl i played first line um i kind of feel like there's always something to work for um there's always like if i play khl i want to get to the nhl or if i i want to win games and win championship for the team or i want to be playing in the national team like there's always something i, I need to prove and always something i need to improve so um, it's it's always it's always like a, a stress kind of, but you can you, I'm so used to it since I was younger. Uh, so it's not nothing that bothers me. It's just something that's that's fun with the game too. You know, you 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 get even more happy when you play and when you do when when you're when you're like so worried about it and you're you you want it so much. 
being in the KHL, do you have a Max Shalunov scouting report for us? <laughs> um, yeah, well, he, he's a good player. Uh, we 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 played uh, yes, CSK, I think two times last year, and he's a, he's a good player. Um, um, I actually didn't know that he he played in Chicago before until I think it was the second game we played. I think Victor Svedberg told me like, you do know this guy played in in Rockford before. Um, so. Yeah, good player. That's that's all I can say. Uh, center, center. We we had a couple of faceoffs against each other. So, yeah. Svedberg's out there too. Well, who else is out in the KHL that we would know, like that fans would recognize? Um, yeah, who's there? Um, I don't know actually if there's any more from from the time in Chicago. Uh, I played against Versteeg when he was in Omsk. Okay. A uh, um, couple of games, and then he went to to Vekva, the the team I played for in in Sweden. So uh, <laughs> I actually I actually talked to the GM there before he signed, and and I I knew he was going there. The GM asked me what what kind of guy he was, and <laughs> and what'd you say? So he said he's a funny guy, a great guy to have, in the, have be around in, in the locker room, and and yeah, just just a great guy. He the the GM just asked me what, like, how he was off the ice. Uh, I think on the ice, he, he knows everything. So, uh, yeah, it was was just good things to say. It's funny we were deciding on who to maybe try to interview this week, and uh, you know we've been doing doing guys like Steve Larmer and some other guys like that, and and we said like, well, let's just talk to someone that we you know we've always enjoyed interviewing, talking to, and um, for you with the media, did you did you mind doing it or what? What was your like talking to us what, what was like that from your perspective no no of course not um it, it was it was like i felt like you guys were always were always nice and it was always easy so um and i was i was not the guy who, who got got most media time so you know I, I never got bored of it or or anything like that so um it's just nice you know to to kind of talk to someone and, and you know like <laughs> Uh, no, I was never, never bored or anything. Um, it was, it was easy and great guys, both, both you guys and, and the team and all the dogs too are always nice too. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. I got to think it's different if you're like Taze or Kane and there's 20 people at your locker every single day asking, you know, tell me about the Columbus Blue Jackets. And <laughs> I imagine they get a little more sick of us than, than the rest of them do. Yeah, well, I, I was sat next to Kane, and and I had taste two two spots. Yeah, you can never right, sit at your so. locker. Yeah, you come off the ice. <laughs> so you have to I, wait. I, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So, uh, I just I, there was so many reporters around them every day. So I just try to sneak away. And if someone asked me, I was kind of more surprised, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dennis, we appreciate you doing this. Thanks for coming on. No problem. No problem. Good luck. Hope to see you in the NHL next season, if there is a next season. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It will be fun. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man, thanks. Thanks, Dennis. Take care. Thanks, guys. Take care. Won't you let me try? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.